How many has got your place? Let's stand together. Let me. I want to read Psalms one fifteen, and then we'll go back to Psalms chapter number one. Listen to the psalm. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with a psaltery and harp. Praise Him with timbrel and dance. And praise Him with string instruments and organs. Praise Him with loud cymbals. Praise Him the high-sounding cymbal. And here's how the Psalms ends. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Here's the message. He's he's speaking of a of a high road of praising God. My what a high road that is. A praising God. I want to preach tonight starting, starting the high road to praising God. Turn back, if you would, to Psalms chapter number 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Let's go to the throne of grace and ask the Lord to help us. Matthew, how about you praying? You can be seated. Psalms 150 speaks of praise. Psalms chapter 1 speaks of purity. Psalms chapter 150 speaks of hallelujah. Psalms 1 speaks of holiness. Psalms 150 speaks of worshiping God. Psalms 1 speaks of glory to God. Walking with God. Psalms 150 speaks of glory to God. Psalms 1 speaks of growth. No doubt about it. Psalms 150 is the high road, if you will. A very high road of worship and praise to a holy God. And may I say, He's worthy of everything we can do to praise Him. As a matter of fact, to be right real honest with you, we're all very far behind. Very far behind on the ledger of praising God. Bible says, let everything, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. That means just about everyone and everything. He says that everything that has breath. That means the, the, the good, the bad. It means everything that has breath. Praise ye the Lord. 
Now, in a sense, every blessing comes from God. We understand that. James said, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the fathers of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Like salvation, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So we understand that in a sense that every good gift, every blessing of God comes from Him because He's good. Amen. Because He's good. But then there are blessings that come when God says... You do this, and I'll bless you. Luke six thirty eight, my favorite verse, one of my favorite verse. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give in your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it should be measured to you again. But notice the first word. Give, that opens the door. God said He would see to it that this would happen. And this is the framework of what God placed here in Psalms. In Psalms 150, He's talking about, man, this, He's come to the pinnacle and he's, He said, Lord, we just sort of praise Your name for, for everything and Praise you when we come into the tabernacle. Praise you when we come into the house. Everywhere and everything, Lord, I praise you. But then I got to thinking, where do we start? My, what a high road. And I realize tonight we're not going to start in chapter number 50. So if we start getting our way, heading towards chapter number 150, then we got to start with chapter number 1. And here's where the Lord lays, lays the groundwork of where we start and what the blessed man looks like. May I say, first of all, he's a separated man. Blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. You'll know some that natural progression in the passage. The Bible says you're walking, standing, and sitting. Counsel, way, seat. Ungodly, sinners, scornful. So he said we need to be a separated, blessed. Now that word blessed has the meaning of being happy, but but. It's a terrible grammar, but it means this. It means happiness beyond imagination. Uh, for, for lack of a better way, it literally means happy, 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 happy. That's what it means. It, it, don't, it doesn't mean just a, a one-time uh, spirit of being happy. The blessed man is a man that's Happy, happy, happy every day. He's, he's thrilled. He's excited. Blessed is a man. And notice, he begins to say he comes separated from the world. So he lists here three things. 
And that's the start of the high road. If you want, you, it's an impossibility to get to Psalms 150, praising God as he does in Psalms 150, until you start on the high road in Psalms chapter number 1 and verse number 1. And he says this, says you ought to be separated from the world's advice and walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. That word walk, it speaks of having a fellowship. It means relationship. It has the ideal of someone that participates in the world's scheming and planning, if you will. It, it has the ideal that you're allowing the world's counsel to influence your life. Counsel means getting advice, if you will, from the world. It, again, it speaks of influence. And this, this stage here, if you, if you will, it is just putting our, our toes in the water. It, it is playing around with it. And um, he says, we got to be separated from the world's advice. He said, walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. It means this. Why not be seeking the world for their way of thinking? I'm amazed at this. I'm literally amazed at it. I'm amazed how often we look to people that know not God, care nothing for God, care nothing for the things of God, to help us make life-changing decisions in our life. Oh my, isn't it amazing how it happens? It's amazing how in the very beginning in the book of Genesis, the first way, the first thing Satan did was this. He started talking to Eve. Now, we, don't, we have no idea. Uh, we read in the, in the book of Genesis, you read the first time. It sounds like it's the first time. I don't know if that's the first time the serpent had ever talked to, to Eve. I kind of believe it may have been more than once. But this time, he started talking to her and started giving her a counsel. God, you shall not surely die. God said that, but no, 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 you won't die. And he began to give her counsel. And so he, he, she began to give her an ear to these sinful schemes. It, it means to listen to their advice to the point of influencing you. Now, we've all been influenced by a lot of things. We've all heard stuff along the way, and we'd say, later on, realize it just wasn't, wasn't true. But what is a counsel of the ungodly? What is that counsel? May I say, first of all, it rejects wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 1, 7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instructions. May I say, it ridicules or mocks sin 
they say this, sin won't hurt you. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it. Sin won't hurt you. All that, that's not too bad. Oh, that'll be all right. One number three, it rebukes authority. Well, that's a big one. The Bible says in Proverbs 15, 5, A fool despises his father's instruction, but he that regards the reproof is prudent. One of the things we're seeing today is one of the most damning things I've ever seen. And I realize, now don't boo me out. Don't boo me out. Hear, hear me out to the end. I realize that there are no doubt some bad cops and bad law enforcement. But may I say we're today, we are so destroying the, the authority in our land. I was watching a newscast the other day in, in one of the local towns and there's a great shortage of policemen. And I said, well, I wonder why. I mean, a man give his life or to, to keep peace and, and uh, he has to defend himself and shoot someone and then he comes to scrutiny and his family's threatened and his life might be threatened and my, why would anybody want to do that since they don't really pay that much to begin with? But we're rebuking authority. It rebukes authority. I, I, I fear that that is one of the... Because when we destroy the authorities in your life. Now, don't miss this. When we destroy the authorities in our life, the next step is anarchy. And we're almost to that step in our nation. When we, when we rebuke authority, then the next step is anarchy. My. So we say here, the ungodly, what is the counsel of the ungodly? It refuses to acknowledge God. Boy, a few months ago, we come in a church, and on the side of our, one of our buses, they put in great big letters, No God! And then I, well, I wanted to, and I maybe should have, but I wanted to put on our sign up front, the fool has said there is no God. Amen. Bible says the fool has said in his heart there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. Number eight, what is this ungodly wisdom? It lacks reality. Bible says, he has said in his heart, God hath forgotten. He hath his face, and he will never see it. Not too long ago, and couple, and I, I'll be praying for them. I love them dearly. But they made a statement unbelievable. We're going over here so we can hide. Would you please pray tell? Where can you go to hide from God? Where can you go to hide from God? Well, this ungodly wisdom says, 
Why, God don't see that. God doesn't, that's hidden. God, may I remind you, there is not a hair of your hair number 5,102 didn't fall off your head till God acknowledged it and knew that it happened. So we need to understand that the advice, he says, walking not. See, the world demands a voice and it demands to be heard. So I remind you, the fallen man began when Eve listened to the voice of Satan in the garden. Amnon failed because he had a friend. My, with a friend like that, you don't need enemies. Colossians 3, 2, set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. Proverbs 1, 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. When we listen, he says, and walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Let them influence your life. Let them decide. The word walk means fellowship. The Bible says, how can two walk together lest they agree? So it has the reality of allowing them to influence your choices. Let me say this. Young people in our church, that's where it starts with you. That's where it starts. We've all heard this saying. Boy, they're running around with some bad friends. I remember this lady in, in school, Mrs. Hall. Now, Mrs. Hall always looked 100 years old. I, I, that's what I remember about her. She, that she always looked so old. She probably wasn't, but she looked that old. And I was running around with this fella. And Miss Hall come up to me one day. She put her hands on her shoulders. I, I worked in the lunchroom. Pure selfish motives. They, they, they didn't pay me much, but I could get all on one day. So I, I'd help them in the lunchroom. I was too short to be good at sports, so I heck with that. And so I, I went in the lunchroom, Miss Hall came in, and she said, Now, young man, you stay away from that boy. That boy's bad news. And you're a good boy, and you don't hang around that boy. I thought, you crazy old cootin' Telling me what I'm what I'm gonna do. But oh my. How I remember the, the words of that old woman. And I realized, may I say, let me tell you the rest of the story. I have the privilege of pastoring tonight standing before you. That boy's dead. Killed a man, went to prison. All mine lived a wicked life. So you need to understand who you choose to walk with who you choose to influence your life, who you, who you give a listening ear. Let me just give this. This is extra. It won't cost a dime. You can give a listening ear to whatever. And we've all heard negative people. But can I say this? I choose who I give my listening ear to. Second, I choose if I want to keep it a-going by repeating what negative people say. 
You know, it can stop if you hear it and you don't repeat it. You know, did you know that? It can stop. And so we need to realize when we come, the Bible says, and separate from the advice of the world. Number two, it says to be separated from the alignment. Notice what he said. Nor standeth in the way of sinners. It's saying not to align yourselves with the sinner in his way. It notes a position that you choose to take. It little, the word, the little word there standeth, it's our word column. Like we have columns in the front of the church. It's our word column. It has the ideal that we take a, the position that we choose to take. When them three Hebrew boys and, and uh, Nebuchadnezzar said, when you hear the music, everybody's to bow. When they stood, what they were saying, we're going to take a stand with God and we're not going to bow. They were columns in the midst of an ungodly world. And God is saying here, He says, be careful about lining yourselves with the counsel of this world and the ungodly world. It says, don't walk in the counsel, but don't stand in the way. Wonderful example. God has given them the city of Jericho. They march all the way around. God said the city's going to fall. It was the first city. First city in a promised land. And God said, you're not to take anything of the spoil. Nothing. It's all mine. So as the walls fell straight down, Achan went in and he saw some garments and some gold and he hid them in his tent. What was he doing? He was standing in the way of the sinner. He was positioning himself. Bibles and, and literally, when he was found out, he wasn't repentant. He never said, I'm sorry. He, he, he acknowledged it because he was caught. He was sorry he got caught, not sorry for his sin. Positioning, aligning yourself with the way of the sinner. First Peter 2, 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. If someone tells you you're peculiar, you ought to just praise God and thank them because we ought to be different. There ought to be something different about our life that you should be show forth the praises of Him who has called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. First Peter 2.10 which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have attained mercy. Peter said this, that you're a royal lineage. You're a royal background, a royal heritage. Don't stand in the way of sinners, or for sinners will stand in your way. The standing stage is you pulled over and you part. It denotes a position, 
understanding. It has the idea of not the foot in the water as walking in the council of the godly. Now, you jumped in both feet. You jumped in with both feet. And it denotes a position. Standing means you've gotten close to sinful behavior. And may I say this, counsel is the principle or the thinking way is the practice of having a sinful manner. It literally means, and sinners are those that have missed the mark. It's what the word sinner means. Law was a way, a man that stood in the way of sinners. Had we not known, listen, had we not known, had God not told us that law vexed his righteous soul, we would not know he was saved. Law went off to Sodom, pitched his tent towards Sodom and Gomorrah. For long he's sitting inside the gates. God sends judgment, come in the door, sends judgment. And he says, Lot, go get your son-in-laws. Go get your, go get your family. And the Bible says, he seemed as one that mocked. They horse laughed him because he stood in the way of sinners. He stood in the way of sinners. Literally, he had to grab Mrs. Lot and drag her out of the city. God said, don't turn back. And she turned back and turned into a pillar of salt. God said, remember Lot's wife. See, realizing that we need to be separated from the world's advice, separated from the world's alignment, and then we need to be separated from the world's abode. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, but notice now, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Well, what you start out walking, then before you know it, you're standing. And now you're sitting. And by what a seat it is. Sitting has an ideal that's entrenched in a lifestyle. Now it's beginning, you begin to sway others. It shows a person is at ease and identifies and comfortable in a sinful behavior. Wow. It has the ideal of seed of a scornful. It's, this is not the foot in the water, not jumping in with both feet. Now you're over your head. Has the ideal that the word scornful means scoffers and cynic and mocks holy things. And what's so sad that this person gets very, very hard to deal. As a matter of fact, 
almost impossible to reach a scorner. Almost impossible. I know everything's possible with the Lord, but I'll, I'll be honest with you, almost impossible. The counsel refers to wicked principles. The way of the sinner refers to practice. The seed of the scornful refers to partnership. What are scorners? What are scornful? Well, let me give you a few things. They are arrogant. They are arrogant. Proverbs 21, 24, Proud and honey scorner is his name, who dealeth in proud wrath. They are arrogant. Hard. If you've never met a scorner, if you ever meet a scorner, you'll remember them. If you ever meet a scorner, the proud, the honey, and they're arrogant. How many of you have ever met someone just arrogant? Just, just arrogant. He's arrogant. Number two. Oh, it's, boy, this is, this is so real. I see, I've seen this so much. It, it's scary. They adore conflict. They enjoy it. Proverbs 22.10. Cast out the scorner and contention shall go out. Yea, strife and reproach shall cease. A scorn enjoys conflict. Have you ever seen anybody that's always negative, always wanting to fuss, always wanting to fight? My God, I, I, I run from it. I know something to run to it. If they ain't got something to complain about or gripe about or fuss about or, or be negative about, They'll start something so they can have conflict. They love conflict. I believe they wake up in the morning and say, Man, it's a peaceful day. Oh gosh, what am I going to do? So they slap the dog with a wife. Whichever one they love the most. I ain't going to ask you which one you love the most, I, I wonder. They'll do something to have conflict. If their lives not in turmoil, they'll create something to make it. And isn't it amazing? It's usually something in the scheme of things doesn't really mean a thing. It's rare. I've never had this happen. Boy, preacher, I take. I'm so upset. Why are you upset? Well, family's going to hell and I don't, don't know what to do with them and I'm so upset about it. Never had that to happen. Yet I've had to happen many a times. Be upset over the silliest things that in the scheme of old church, solid rock Baptist church Learn to see the big picture. My, it's like seeing, uh, I, I love something. And uh, I, I, it's amazing to me. Boy, if I get every member of the church to do this, I mean, we, we, we'd blow this thing out. We had a couple adult families come, a couple of young couples, a couple, some couples... Come on the bus. Amen. I'm trying to get out. And uh, 
They, they don't sit at the back. They don't sit in the middle. They come up and sit on the front pew. I mean, they get just as close as they can. And they come in and they smile and they act like they've been here forever. And they just saw, and they're just so glad to be here. You'll notice this morning I made references to keeping up with the Joneses. Well, the family sat in second on the pew. The last name was Joneses. <laughs> and the moment I said it, I remembered they told me their name. And um, she stopped me at the back door. She hugged my neck. She said, they don't have to worry about keeping up with us. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And yet, I, I'm just so upset they come in here and do this or do that. Oh my, I, I love this. The other, other week, the other day, rather, I kind of got a little bit aggravated. And uh, not the kids, I understand kids, but the adults come in just probably take half the mints out of the jar back there. And I said, bless God, can't you read? Just take two, leave some for somebody else. And then about that time, God said, what are you worried about mints? Is he saved? Is he going to heaven? Is he going to hell? See, we can get so called up in things that just don't make a difference. I'm going to help you right now. You, you need, every father, grandfather, you need to hear me now. I went to visit a man. And he was dying with cancer. Preacher? Yes, sir. Go get a chair. Yes, sir. Bring him right beside my bed. Shut the door. Yes, sir. Sat down. He told me the saddest story. He said, Preacher, I was in the Sunday school class. And I got mad about the Sunday school teacher and something he said. And I blowed up about it. I'm going to take my family out of here. And that's what I've done. How about that time tears began to run down his face? He said, Preacher, now I can't get my children. Half of them are not even serving God. I can't get them back in church. He said, Preacher, would you please tell them? Would you please tell them it ain't worth it? It ain't worth it. Would you please tell him it ain't worth it? He said, I would to God. I just kept my family in there. That was all coming. And oh my, I never forgot that. See, they, they adore conflict. When you sit in the seat of the scornful, I, I want to ask you a question. How many perfect people we have here that never makes a mistake? Praise God. Hallelujah. I always thought she was the dear special lady. 
Amen. Just one. So then the rest of us are not perfect. Okay. Now I'm going to help you now. How many mistakes are we allowed to make? One, I pastored here for 25 years. I made some. <laughs> I've made some good decisions. But then I've made some. I look back now and say, ah, I don't know if I should have done that. How many, how many decisions? How many Long decisions are we allowed to make? I'm going to help you. This man here, this is George Brown. I love this man. He's been here ever since I've been here. Times he's been a dear friend. And he's been faithful. Even today. He don't drive no more. And so he said, I'm not going to get to come. I'll send somebody after you. He said, good. So he come to church. He's been faithful. For 25 years, three services a week, faithful in everything he's done, his office as a deacon. And I, he said, preacher, he told me the other week, he said, preacher, I, I think I need less I deacon. I said, no, 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 you're not. You ain't going to have to do nothing. We're going to make you dig ditches or nothing. We'll put the rest of them to doing that. But you, no, you're not, you're not going nowhere. So he's got 25 years of faithfulness. So that means he's got 25 years of making mistakes before we're even even. Before we're even. See, the sitting in the seat of the scornful, they adore conflict. Number three, they are against correction. Reprove, not a scorner, lest he hate thee. Boy, this is good timing. How many of you hate me because in the leadership meeting I stand up and made a little speech? Those in the leadership meeting. <laughs> I said, well, scorners. <laughs> scorners. Don't like correction. Don't like correction lest he hate thee. But I want to ask you, rebuke a wise man and he will love thee. Rebuke a wise man and he will love thee. They're against correction. Sometimes we have to correct. And don't, don't, you, don't you kid yourself. I love these young people enough, I correct them in a heartbeat. Not because I hate them, but because I love them. Number four, they arouse strife. They arouse strife. Oh, don't miss it. They cast out a scorner and contention will go out. 
shall go out. Yea, strife and reproach shall cease. What's that word strife? Boy, did, did, did you hear what so-and-so done? Boy, did you hear what so-and-so done? Boy, did you, did you hear what preacher preached tonight? But did you hear that one statement he made? I like old brother, brother, um, uh, ah, what's the name from, from uh, Maiden, uh, Providence Road? Charles Worley. Charles Worley. I was hearing him preach one day. He's in the, he's in the, by the way, he said, and you're all a bunch of buzzards. I said, buzzards. I could just imagine someone, well, did you hear what he said? He called me a buzzard. Didn't hear anything else in the message. He called me a buzzard. They like strife. They like keeping strife going. They like they keep trying to keep contention going. You know, I won't tell you. Well, don't don't miss this. This is really really important. Do you know how to get a fire to go out? Don't put any wood on it. You don't put wood on a fire, I guarantee you it will go out. May I say, when we don't put wood on the fires of strife, they will go out everything. Number five, they're atheistic. The wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. God is not at all in his thoughts. My We've seen here, how do you start? The high road. Praise the Lord. And again, I said, praise ye the Lord. How do you start? You've got to start on the high road. And we've seen the character of the godly man. Dr. Jack Howell says it's 10,000 10, 10, times better to have character than talent. So tonight, starting on this high road, he said we become a separated people. Dr. Oz went on to say this. You're not going to be what you decide to be. You're going to be what you decide to be around. Don't miss that. You're not going to be what you decide to be. You're going to be what you decide to be around. May we start. More Psalms 150. Wow. Man, how he's praising God. I mean, Lord, every, he, I mean, it's just great. Praise God in his sanctuary and praise him in his mighty acts and praise him in his greatness and Praise Him with music and, and string. Praise Him with symbol. Praise. Let everything, everything hath breath. Praise ye the Lord. How does this start? It starts by being separated. The blessed man. Let's all stand to our feet. Everybody, head bowed, never eye closed.